need a drink. Perfect. All right. We need to be praying for our president and the first lady. That they have a speedy recovery from this coronavirus, this COVID-19. And that there will be no harm done to him or his administration. By man or the devil. Amen? Amen. We need to pray the blood of Jesus over them. And that God would be merciful and graceful to him and his administration in our nation. That God would show us favor and shine his face upon us. We need to be praying for him. Because we need to be praying that he be blessed. Because if he's blessed, then what? Then we're blessed. The scripture's clear about this. We need to be praying for our leaders. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. It says, I urge you then, first of all, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live in peaceful that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in godliness and holiness. This is good. And it pleases God our Savior. Who wants all men to be saved and to come into a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. Who? The man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the test for all men, the testimony giving its giving in its proper time. So God clearly tells us to pray for our leaders, whether you like them or not. Whether you agree with them or not, we need to pray for them. Romans 13.1 states, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. So in other words, that President Donald J. Trump has been president For such a time as this, and it's been designated by God. Whether you like him or not, God put him there into a place of authority and power over our nation. He allowed Donald Trump to be elected as our leader of the United States in 2016 until God's appointed time. It could be 2020 or it could be 2024. But our job as believers is to pray. Pray, pray, pray. So that it will go well with us. Amen. That's what we need to do. Pray, pray, pray. Last night I heard the kids. They were all excited. They were in the car. They got this new Bible app that they're doing in youth group. And they're all like reading it. And they got to make comments on it. Pretty cool. I actually have to say it's pretty cool. But they were telling us all about it and they were excited. About it, but I'm telling you, 
Bible reading is very important. I, you know, you need to read the Bible every day. It's God's Word. You should be reading it like three times a day, like, like food, because it is food for your spirit. Right? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The Word of God. But you also need to pray. The Word's important. Prayer's important. I'm telling you, it gets you closer to God, draws you closer to God. Don't be afraid to pray whatever your heart leads you in. Just pray. Pour it out to God. Because we as Christians, we have a God that sits at the... We have Jesus who is our mediator, who sits at the right hand of God, ever praying and making intercession for us. He's the greatest example of prayer. There is, you know, Jesus would get up early in the morning before it was daylight, and he would get up and he would pray. He would get up and go get alone with God, and he would pray wherever he was. And as believers and as Christians, we're called to a higher way of thinking. We're called to a higher way of living. And let me make this clear. It's not that we are better or that I'm better than anybody or you're better than anybody. It's just that the one who's in us is better than everybody. Amen? I'm just a sinner saved by grace just like everyone else here. I fall short of God's glory every day. And let me not boast about myself, but let me boast in God, in Christ Jesus, for what Christ Jesus has done. Amen? That's who we need to boast in. Let us boast in the one who saved us and call us into his wonderful light. Let me boast in the one who set me free from all my sin and shame, who raised me with him victoriously, who makes me not afraid of death. Let me boast in him who rose victoriously on the third day. Let's boast in the one who's right, now pleading our cases. Do you know that's what Jesus is doing right now? He's up there in heaven pleading your case. He's pleading your case as your advocate and lawyer. And I'm going to tell you, he's the best lawyer anybody could have. Anybody. He's the best advocate. If I want somebody to speak in for on my behalf, I want it to be Jesus. Amen. You know, think about it. I don't want no other man up there as a substitute. I want the authentic thing. I want Jesus to be speaking on my behalf. I want Jesus to be saying, oh, no, 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 devil. You can't bring that accusation against him. You can't bring those claims. Yeah, he was a sinner. Yeah, he did terrible things that he's shameful of. But you know what? When he accepted me as his Lord and Savior, I covered him with my blood. I set him free. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's a child of God, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. Set on fire, able to do all things through Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter because I've set around him a cloud of witnesses that are watching him. Think about that. You got a cloud of witnesses out there that are watching you. Everything you do, even when you're sleeping, even when you're just thinking, you're thinking that you're the only one that can hear your thoughts. God can hear your thoughts. He knows what you think. He knows what you say before you even say it. 
And those cloud of witnesses have known what you're doing. They're watching you. They're getting they're gathering up a case for you on your behalf. So when the time comes for you to be judged in the great throne, in the great white throne judgment with God, the cloud of witnesses can stand up and say, No, I remember when he repented of that. No, I remember when he turned to God and he gave all of his sins and his burdens and his yoke to Jesus. And then I remember when Jesus took him and he cast him as far as the east is to the west. Thank God that we have a holy cloud of witnesses. Amen. I'm way off my notes, but that's okay. But as believers and as Christians, we are being built, aren't we, every day. We're being built up by the Holy Ghost. And I believe that we're being built up faster than ever before. That people are being raised up. Who would you think never would be raised? I never thought I'd be preaching the Word of God every Sunday. I never thought I'd be opening up the Word of God and getting direction from the Lord. I never thought I would be praying to a Lord or to a God. I never thought I would be doing any of this that I'm doing. But God is raising up people all over from every tribe and tongue, every nation. He's raising up the young. He's raising up the teens. He's raising up a generation that's going to serve him. That's going to give him glory and give him honor. Amen? Let me declare the praises of him who called me out of darkness and into this wonderful light. You see, God's working. He never stops working. And we, his people, are being built. We are being built up. He's building his bride. That's what God is doing right now. He's building his bride. He's building his pure and spotless bride. That's what's going on in the world right now. You might see all the chaos and all the screaming that the devil is doing out there. All the roaring of his fake lion. In the meantime, Jesus is building a bride up to be pure and spotless. He's saying, I'm going to raise them up. I'm calling them in. For they have been born for such a time as this. To rise up. To be the light in the darkness. Amen. That's what God is doing. He's raising up a people to be a light in the darkness for such a time as this. He's building them into a spiritual powerhouse that is flowing over with the Holy Ghost who are on fire and who are not afraid, who is as bold as a lion, Amen? God is raising up people to be as bold as a lion. In 1 Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2, it says this. Rid yourselves. Therefore, rid ourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, 
and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone that's been rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. Think about that. Been rejected by men, but chosen by God. If I want to be chosen by anybody, anybody, it's better not be of man. We're not out here to be chosen by men, are we? He's not building an army to be chosen by men, to be looked to by men with honor and glory. But he's looking, he's building an army that's been chosen by God. Man has no clue of how God works and what God sees and how God sees the heart. Man cannot look on the heart, only God can. Amen? You come to him, the living stone that's been rejected by men but chosen by God and is precious to him. You also, like a living stone, are being built up into a spiritual house. That's what God is doing with you. He's building up this generation into a spiritual house. He's working on the inside of you to be a holy priesthood. Offering spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, say, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Praise God. The one who trusts in God will never be put to shame. I don't, I don't know, but I know of men who try to twist things, who try to build themselves up to be more than they are, who think they're smarter than others, who like putting other men to shame, who look down upon other men. I'm telling you what, God will never put you to shame. If you put your trust in Him, in his word, in his ways, he will never put you to shame. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. And a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message. And why do they disobey the message? Because they don't want to get out of their sin. They disobey the message of truth because they don't want to give up anything in their lives that God is saying, give up. I'm telling you, I love to hunt and fish. I love it. But if God told me to give it up, I will give it up in a heartbeat. I will give it up. It doesn't matter. Not the most important thing in my life. The most important thing is obeying God, trusting Him. And then He said He will give you the desires of your heart. There's things out there that sometimes we have to give up or give to God. It could be a relationship. It could be friends. It could be anything. Anything that is before God. God can say, give it up. And he can say, give it up for a season, give it up for a time. 
There's a time and place for everything in God's timing. But he knows it. But they don't want to give it up. They want to hold on to it and not let go of it. They don't want to give up their sin. They don't want to give up what God's told them to give up. They don't want to believe the truth in Jesus Christ. They don't want to believe that it's that easy that all they got to do is put their trust and hope in Jesus. That he's already done everything for them. That's too simple. They'd rather keep all of their traditions and habits. They might want to keep all of their position. Because some people, God might say, give up their position. What did he say to the rich young ruler? Sell everything and follow me. Go sell everything and follow me. That was a hard thing to swallow for, for a rich young man who had everything. But that's what we got to be willing to do. We got to be willing to lay it down. We got to be willing to lay everything down. Because I'm telling you what, we lay everything down of this world and we take up our cross and we follow Jesus. Greater things will we have in heaven than we can ever have here on earth. And heaven is eternity. It's forever. We're only here on earth for what? 60, 70, 80 years, 90, 100 if we're lucky. You know? Only for a short time. We know we'll be in heaven forever. For eternity. Before you know it, a thousand years have gone by. The millennium's gone by. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? A thousand year reign with Christ. Where God is our light. Where we don't need the sun or the moon anymore. Because the Lord's light is pouring out throughout the whole world to be seen. That's going to be pretty amazing. Some amazing things to see in heaven. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Remember that. Remember who you are. So important. Remember who you are. You're a holy people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a chosen people. God chose you, handpicked you. A people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. You want to know what your calling is, you know, Our calling is that. Our calling is to declare the praises of God. That's your calling. We're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. And our calling is to declare His praises. To declare His praises. And right now, more than ever, God is building us up to declare his praises. 
You guys, you are young. God has chosen you to declare his praises to a nation. That is huge. You are an ambassador for Christ. You can be doing it in the colleges. You can be doing it in your classes. You can be doing it online. Wherever you go, don't let those words come out of your mouth that are just of the devil, but let them come out of your mouth that's of God. Declaring His praises. It says, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. See, Paul knew all of this. He knows what it is to live with a lot, and he knows what it is to live with little. He knows what it is to have the devil right there in his ear telling him, Oh, you're going to die. You just got bit by a poisonous snake. No, devil, I'm going to shake it off. No poisonous snake's going to stop me from declaring the praises of God. If you don't know that story, it's true. The whole tribe that saw Paul get bit by a poisonous snake, and they sat there and they were waiting for him to die. They were like, but Paul just shook it off into the fire. And he never died like nothing ever happened to him. That's what happens when you get under the anointing of God. No harm shall befall you. And that's what happens when you get it in your mind and you get it in your heart and you believe it with all your soul and spirit. And that's what we got to do. We got to believe that we are a chosen people. We have to believe it. You have to believe it. You're chosen. You've been chosen for such a time as this. Just like Esther was chosen for such a time. You know what her her uncle Mordecai said to her? Let's go to Esther 414, Joe. I'm ahead of myself there, I think. I don't know where I'm at. But in Esther 414, Mordecai says, For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. If we remain silent, then relief for God's people will come from another place. That means God had two plans right there, in effect. Right? God had two plans. He said, either you go and say something, or somebody else is going to come and say something. To save the Jews or something else. God is going to make a way another way. You know, we don't read that part in Esther. What we read in Esther is for who knows but that you have come to a royal position for such a time as this. That's what we always remember. But we don't remember what, what, what Mordecai said to her earlier. We don't remember that. You know what? If you don't say something then God will deliver the Jews in a different way. And if you don't say something, surely your father and you, your father's family and you will perish. I'm going to tell you what, if somebody came up to you and said, 
If you don't say something, surely you and your father's family are going to perish. I think you might say something, right? Right? Even though as Christians we shouldn't be afraid of death. But still, when death is threatened right there in your face, it's a little bit different story. Right? Somebody's holding a gun to your head. It's a little bit different story. Or somebody's out there threatening you. And I don't know, Haman and his horde were pretty powerful. They were one of the king's advisors. But God had a plan. And he used Esther because she said it. She got her plan together. She fasted for three days. What do you think she did? She fasted and prayed. She told her whole family, all of them, listen, all of her servants. She said, listen, we've got to fast and pray for three days. And look at how God used her to save the Jews. Saved them. And guess what happened to the enemy? The trap that he set for Esther, all the Jews and their family, was turned on him. How powerful is that? How God moved. The gallows that Haman made were the same gallows that he hung in. You have been born in the most incredible time since Jesus came and walked on this earth. We're alive. Right now, in Bible prophecy, in some of the most exciting times in world history, in Bible history, than when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. We are seeing signs of Jesus' coming back, just like there were signs when Jesus was born. The prophets are saying it. The church is preaching it all across the world. That Jesus is coming soon. There's signs in the heavens, on the earth, of all the birth pains, of everything that's been prophesied of Jesus' return that is happening. And it's exciting. And God is doing it, God is building His army. For these days, because the harvest is ripe. That's why God is doing it. This is for salvation. God is doing this for salvation. The harvest is ripe. And the time is now. And it's nearer for Jesus to come back and gather all of his sheep who know his name and voice. It could be any day. That's why we need to build That's why we need to be as bold as lions and as gentle as lambs. To be ready in season and out to share the good news of Christ's salvation. That's why we need to declare the praises of his glory. So that people can be saved. So that we can win the lost. I feel such an urgency in my spirit to let people know about the good news of Jesus Christ. Like never before, I'm starting to think of all my customers who I can share the gospel with through Morning Light Landscapes. I'm thinking about all the people that God's been putting in contact 
in my life that, I'm, that I've been placed in front of to be able to share the gospel of the good news so they can turn to salvation, so they can live. We're talking about life and death. I don't know about you, but it's intensifying within me. The scriptures that I've been reading, that I've read, that I've marked down in my Bible, and that I have pondered and gone over are rising up into my spirit and into my mind quicker than ever before. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. When you feel that sense and that urgency to share gospel of God, when you feel like you need to be praying for that person, that's not of you, that's not of the devil, that's of the Holy Spirit working in you. That's of the Holy Spirit showing you things. And that's what's going to happen because the prophet Joel said that, Lord, that he will pour out his spirit in the end days on all flesh. Your young men and women will prophesy, have dreams and visions. Even upon your servants and your old men and women. God is going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. We're going to be able to, you're going to start seeing healings in our church like never before. You're going to start seeing prophecy. You're going to start speaking prophecy like you've never had before because of the Holy Spirit that's in you that's rising up. It's what's going to happen. Don't believe me. Believe the word. Read it. Read it in Joel. I don't know about you, but it's intensifying. It's intensifying. The Spirit of God is getting stronger. And those that believe, the spirit of the devil is trying to get stronger, trying to go out and keep up pace with God, but nothing can keep pace with God because God is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He knows what's going to happen before it happens. I don't know about you, but is he working in you? He's working in me. He's never stopped working. <laughs> and that we have been born and we have been, are being raised up for such a time as this. If not us, then who? You've got to ask yourself, if not us, then who is going to tell them about the gospel? Who's going to tell them about the truth? Who's going to lead them to salvation? I don't know about you, but I want to stand at the throne of God and I want to throw all those crowns of salvation down at the feet of the king, of kings. That's what happens when you lead people to Christ. You get a crown to lay down at the foot of, the foot of Jesus, at the foot of the, of the throne. Be standing up there just passing them out. Like Ryan, I can see Reinhard Bonkey's led millions. That's going to take a long time to pass out all those crowns. Throw them down at the feet of, the, of Christ. So let us not keep silent, but let us boast in the truth. Let us boast in the truth. Let us boast in Christ. Let us boast in God. Amen? You've got something to boast about, and it's Jesus who saved you, who saved you, who loves you, who cares for you, who wants the best for you, 
who wants to fill himself. He wants to fill you with himself. He looks down upon you and he says, I love you. I cherish you. I long for you. You are precious in my sight. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a king's kid. And you are an heir to the throne. That's who you are. That's who you are. And don't let any devil tell you different. Amen? Amen. Let's close in prayer. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, for this day. And I pray your anointing and your blessing upon it, upon this service. I pray, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and to direct us. And I pray, Father God, for your will to be done, Lord God, for this day and in our lives always, that we would surrender our will and that we would obey yours, Lord God. Help us. Help us to recognize your spirit when you're speaking to us. Help us to hear you. Help us to see you. Help us to feel you. Help us to know that you are there and you are near, Lord God. And let us draw nearer to you in these days so that we can lean on you and not our own strength. And let us boast in you. Let us declare your praises to the lost and to the nations. Give us the boldness to speak like lions and the gentleness as sheep, as lambs. Lord God, I pray. And I thank you, Lord God, for this day. And I pray that anything that's not of me would fall away, and anything that is of you, Lord God, would speak to us. Speak to our spirits. In Jesus' name, amen.